This is Norm Holy for WFHB, and today I'm interviewing Dr. Ray Schnapp. She's with the Indiana Forest Alliance, and she recently spoke in Bloomington here about the concealed costs and hidden values in state forests, a very intriguing topic. Tell us what your talk was about. Well, my talk was about some research that we've been working on for a report. First of all, we... I am not an economist, but we were working with several economists. We worked with Morton Marcus, who is kind of a well-known columnist and a retired professor of economics at the Kelly School of Business at IUPUI. And we also worked with the Keylog Institute, which specializes on natural resource economics. We put together this report to look at some questions that we have about the management of our state forest system. Tell us what your results were. So first of all, we were looking at some of the costs associated with logging. We have seen reports, well, we know that they've been increasing the level of harvest from our state forests, and that has about quadrupled since 2005. We know that the Division of Forestry has become rather reliant on that revenue stream for their budget, but we also know that there are costs associated with administering timber sales program. We tried to look into those costs. We found it rather difficult to study those costs because of the way that they are tracked in our state budget system. There are procedures manuals about how they're supposed to be tracked. We found that in many cases, costs associated with road building, for instance, and also with timber management, things like removing invasive species and culling the undesirable species are not included in the costs. Even the costs of producing the timber harvest report are not included in the cost tracking system. Yeah, the Legislative Services Agency estimated that the costs associated with timber sales are about 8%, so that would be sort of like their overhead, we find that it's much higher. And it does vary by site, of course, because some sites are much more difficult to access than others. And road building costs are a big part of the costs because we have to provide access to the areas in order to sell the timber. And roads are pretty expensive. That was one part of our Study. Another part of our study focused a lot on uh, revenue that the timber sales are bringing in, just comparing state forest timber sales with all the other timber sales in the state. We looked at reports about the dollar values that these timber sales generate, and we found that state forest timber sales are generally bringing in a price that is comparable with low-quality timber sales but they're not low quality. So we're kind of underselling ourselves. We're not getting top dollar for our timber, for sure. And we're not exactly sure of the reasons for that. In some cases, the study, like we were trying to answer certain questions, but in some cases we raised more questions than we answered. What is the cost to the highways? And particularly, the back roads must have some bridges with, say, five-ton weight limits. And these are these trucks going over those bridges, or can they avoid them? Since we are kind of on the back roads and in rural areas, a lot of times they there is no choice. Like, they have to take that road. 
damage to county roads is is a big issue and another sort of untracked cost. Counties do get a percentage of the revenue from the timber sales, but it's nowhere near enough to cover road costs, road building, road repair costs. And in fact, most of the money that goes to the counties is earmarked for fire departments. Well, as you mentioned, costs associated with county roads are really not accounted for at all in the current expense tracking procedures. And we don't have a real good handle on that. We have some site-specific examples that will be in the final report. We also spent a lot of time looking at how much revenue, how much value do we generate from having our forest standing, from not harvesting our timber. So standing forests provide a lot of ecosystem services, and economists have developed some ways to put dollar figures on those ecological services, like cleaning the air and cleaning the water, regulating the climate, preventing erosion, that sort of thing, as well as services like for foraging, for mushroom hunting, for example, or deer hunting, also services related to recreation and aesthetic enjoyment. So they can put a dollar figure on all of those things. It really adds up. So we came up with a range between about $1 billion and $2 billion in ecosystem services, and these are not representing cash transactions, but they do represent values that our society places on on forests. We also looked into the potential for generating carbon credit revenue from our state forests. They do sequester a lot of carbon, and currently the plan is to harvest all of our state forests on a 20-year rotation through selective harvesting. That is a great deal of disturbance to a forest, and if we don't do that, if we set aside some areas that would not be harvested, then they would qualify for carbon credit. Looking into that, and currently Indiana it doesn't really have a mechanism for cashing in on carbon credits, but there are many cities in Indiana that have committed to net neutrality to try to reduce their carbon footprint, and so those cities may be looking to purchase carbon credits in the near future, and it would be great if they could purchase them from our Indiana State Forest. And then we also spent a lot of time looking at the potential for generating revenue through recreational activities in our state forests, and that would be mostly what we call dispersed recreation, meaning there doesn't have to be much developed infrastructure. This type of recreation can take place in a wilderness, possibly taking advantage of trails, not developed campsites or anything like that. There is a great deal of interest in that. The Division of Tourism, the state level, has recognized that's truly part of our market niche, that Many visitors who come to Indiana like to engage in outdoor recreation, so I think there's a great deal of opportunity there. And if we charged people to uh, recreate in our wilderness areas, just a really small fee, it could add up to revenue stream that would equal or surpass what we now get from logging. Sounds very good. I'd like to thank you for the interview. Oh, thank you.